Samuel's mother. Who is Samuel's mother? Her name is Hannah. Can you say the name Hannah? Hannah. You know, today we give thanks to the Lord for mothers, and as we prayed earlier. Um, so, mothers, if you did not receive a gift, we have a gift waiting for you later. <clears throat> if you receive the gift, please don't get two. One is enough. <laughs> now, if your mother has passed, today is a day where we may glorify God as we honor her memory, just by thanking God. Thank God for the mother that he gave us. We only have one biological mother, and usually there's only one mother that usually cares for us. If you're adopted, thank God for the mother who adopted you, because such is an expression of unconditional love. You are not blood, but she took you in as if you were her child. So God bless mothers who also adopt others as their own. Praise God for that. If you have a grandmother who raised you, she is like your mother, and honor her as well. If your mother is still alive, glorify God by honoring her, thanking her personally, saying that you love her, and hug her. Well, Pastor Ed, we're not a hugging family. Allow me to argue that you should start becoming a hugging family. Scientifically, they say it makes you live longer. Yes, you see, you see when you see a puppy and a puppy sees you and falls in love with you, they say something is released within you called oxytocin. It's a happy hormone which is similar when people affectionately hug one another. So, honor your mother, thank her, hug her, show that you love her. Remember her advice, Proverbs tells us that. Remember the laws of your mother. You see, Proverbs says, remember the advice of your father and the law of your mother. For the father, it's an advice. For the mother, it's a law. <laughs> so when you say, she says, don't do it, really don't do it. Okay. In many ways, she does know best, especially with regards to knowing you as a person growing up. Of course, as you leave home, she will know less of you. So it's also good to call her and to tell her what you're going through what's happening to you. I saw my mother last week, she visited us here. Once in a while I visit Cavite where she stays and she's always interested. So what happened to your presentation in, in that international conference that happened recently? So I have to give her some update and mothers want update because she continuously wants to know you. But one thing you can never erase from her is the memory of you growing up, right? And sometimes you feel embarrassed when she tells others in front of you, right? When she remembers those funny stories, and sometimes my wife would share some stories to her friends, like when my daughter was three years old, she wanted to be in school already, saling pusa, you know, uh, not really taking any quiz or exam, but just being in school. And she likes dresses, 
influenced by her grandmother, and she likes wearing nice dresses. And one time she said, I want to go to school as an angel. <laughs> her mother took the extra effort to make her wings. So she's wearing white and uh, three years old going to school. Everybody else was in uniform, but she was an angel. <laughs> Such are memories that, uh, that, that mothers can only tell those details. When my, my first son, Edward, uh, my wife remembers as a mother when, when he was small and uh, there was this, this newspaper at home, there was an advertisement for, for a fitness, a gym. And the model there was good looking, nice figure. And uh, he pointed out, this is mom, right, mom? And mother said, yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, so, uh, how could a mother forget that, that in the eyes of her son, she is really pretty and good looking? At one time at dinner, my wife could not forget, and she corrects me most of the time when I tell the wrong story. And um, when we were at dinner, and uh, suddenly my children are, are, you know, becoming aware that daddy leaves the home. Where are you going, dad? I, I said, I'm going to the office. So where are you going? I'm meeting this pastor. I'm meeting this, this, this church member. We were in Ortigas then. That one time when I said, I'm going to meet my mother, then Leon blurted out, you have a mother? <laughs> he could not imagine here his big dad having a mother. He was little then. Well, they know her as Nanai or grandma, but not connecting that she's my mother. You know, that part of their growth. So we thank God for mothers. They remember these things and they treasure it in their hearts. I'm sure if you ask your mother about things that happened to you when you were young, she has a lot to share to you. At first, she will have a mental block, but after a while, she'll be ready and tell you a lot of those things. God is good. We thank God for mothers. Fathers usually remember a few, but not many. You know, when you have a problem, when you're a, a kid, you know, you, you have a problem, especially a problem in day-to-day -day life, who do you go to? You usually go to the mother, not the father. If you're missing your favorite socks, you go to your mother. Mom, where's my socks? In Sunday morning, that's why she's so stressed because you're asking, where's your shirt, where are your pants, where's everything? And she has to make sure that, that breakfast is prepared. And uh, you usually ask your mother, because if you ask your father, he'd say, go find it. <laughs> uh, but mothers will help, find, help you find it. Of course, as you grow older, she has to teach you, you find it yourself. But if you're little, she will do everything. I don't mind, really, if my kids have different socks going to church. I really don't mind. And if their shirts are backward, I said, that's cool, bro. That's, 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 that's a really nice fashion. I really don't mind because I have to think of the sermon. Uh, but my wife remembers, her, their mother remembers those details. So uh, imagine a world without a mother. Well, there can't be a world, a population without a mother. But imagine a world without a mother's heart that we know today. It's empty. It's sad. Well, are, are there tensions with mothers? Of course, there's always a tension with mother because they always want things 
great for you. And if it's not that great, they feel bad about it. If you have bad breath, she feels bad about it because others will, will meet you outside and smell your breath and, and you're her son. So she tells you, brush your teeth before you go out. And, uh, and if you smell, she would say, put on cologne. Uh, well, I'm also concerned about that. You know, there are different ways that fathers approach it. Like on a trip, going on a trip, my wife would make sure, you know, help everybody pack, really. Uh, until I have to tell, you have to let them pack their own stuff. You'll be so stressed. Because on a trip, I just tell my little kids before, okay, you grab your own backpack, put on your things there. If you forget it, it's your fault, all right? Sorry to you. So you make sure everything's there. And when we go out there, in the bus, in the airport, make sure you have your bag with you. Because if you leave it, you forget it. I'm so sorry. You're not going to wear anything. <laughs> so that lessens my stress. And that's how I raise my, my children to be responsible. But mothers can't help it. Even after I say it, they pack it, she has to look. Is this really complete? And she brings an extra toothbrush just in case somebody deliberately forgets their toothbrush, uh, which happens for little kids. A mother's love seemed to have no bounds, you know. Such love is a glimpse of the love of God to us in Christ. Remember, Genesis. Let's make them into our image. In his image, they made the male and female. But the mother's side comes out when you have a child. So if you don't have a child, you actually partially understand it, but not fully. But you can. That's why I like discipleship. You know, when you learn to take care of somebody else growing in the Lord, it's partially like fathering and mothering, although you do not really replace their fathers or mothers, but it's like that. No, you don't have to be called mama by your dis people you're discipling or papa by the people you're discipling, but you act. Your heart is like that. That's why if we learn to disciple, to care for others who want to grow in the Lord, then we develop sort of that, that father heart of God and that mother part of God. That's why we encourage you to do so. It's like raising children, but not your children. In this context, there was Hannah, wife of Elkanah. And uh, Elkanah had another wife, Penina. And uh, in those days, they allow, if the first wife does not give birth to a son, or they're allowed to get one more. Take note, that's for that culture and for that, their laws, etc. It doesn't apply to you, all right? Amen? You don't agree with me. We have to take hermeneutics together and exegesis together. So there was Hannah who was, did not have a child. But the other wife, Penina. Penina wasn't uh, that gentle. You know, she's like, uh, she's like the bad person in the story. You know, uh, it's like when they go up to Shiloh to sacrifice, to thank God and sacrifice with her children, she will be the one taunting her or telling her, Oh, so you still don't have children. I have several. It's like, it's like the birthday of her, her 
example. I'm, I'm culture putting it to, into our culture so you'd understand. It's as if uh, there's a birthday party of her son and then she invites Hannah, oh, it's a birthday party of my son and then my daughter, huh, right? And, and uh, isn't it wonderful to have children, huh? So it's like rubbing, you know, like rubbing the wound with salt, okay? It's like adding insult to injury. And uh, when the kids will be coming from school and, oh, oh, you, 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 you got good grades today, wonderful. And she say it out loud to the woman who had no children. In those days, it was a big deal. In these days, we understand it medically, right? Uh, in those days, it's they think you have the favor of God or not the favor of God. But if we study the Bible, we just understand that God has a purpose for everything. Because Sarah was favored by God, but her child came much later. The same way Rachel's womb was opened by God at a certain time. So Hannah, wife of Elkanah, was the mother of Samuel. You see, God heard the prayer of Hannah. As we read in the scriptures, Hannah was praying. She was so distressed because not only not having a son for her husband, that was not the only problem. The other problem was there was this, this other wife who keeps rubbing it in her. And she felt so oppressed and she was depressed and distressed. But God would bless her. She was praying and uh, she was so intense in praying. She could not eat. Her husband said, am I not enough for you? I have brought, bought you many things. You don't have to give me a child. See, Elkanah loved Hannah. And he said, am I not enough? She couldn't answer, but the truth is, what she wanted to say is no. So husbands never ask those words. She will be lying to you. <laughs> Young man, please do not marry a woman and convince her that love is enough. We don't need money. And young girls, do not fall for the trap. Hannah wanted a child. So she prayed. She prayed and God blessed her. You see, Hannah would be the mother of Samuel. Samuel, the name of the book, was the prophet, judge. Judge and prophet. The last of the judges, the first of the prophets. And he would be the one to anoint David as king. God would use his prophet to look for David and anoint him as king. If you look at the whole book, the first Samuel, and remember this. It's, remember the theme, background of the book, right? The intention why first Samuel, the narratives were written is to tell Israel their history. And in this history, first Samuel is about three amazing leaders. Three great men, David, Saul, and Samuel. The whole book is about these three. But what's interesting, it, it started with the story of a woman. And that's something amazing that I saw several times in Scripture. Before Jacob was born, uh, before Isaac was born, there was Sarah, the story of Sarah. And, 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 uh, and when Jacob was born, you have Rebekah, God speaking to Rebekah. Uh, Rebekah knowing God's destiny of Jacob. 
Even the story of Jesus Christ started with, with Mary, and we honor her, though we do not worship her. We honor her. It started with that story. So here, before even knowing about David and Saul, King Saul, there was Samuel. But before Samuel, how was Samuel born? Born of a woman distressed who poured out her soul to God that Eli, the priest at that time, saw her. The spiritual leader saw her. She was praying, distressed, perhaps crying. Her lips were moving. But there were no words. So he thought, drunk woman. Sometimes when you pray intensely, you don't look normal, okay? So that's why in the prayer meeting, in the dawn, we close the lights. Because some of you, when you pray, Lord, so you don't have to be seen. Nobody can take your picture and post it, right? When you just travail, Lord, when you humble yourself before God. Hannah poured out her soul before God. And, and Eli saw it and said, you're drunk. I said, no, no, no. I am a woman distressed. I am praying to God. And Eli said, then may God bless you. Important factor, this blessing of a spiritual leader. So she said, may I find favor in your sight. She was praying to God, but somehow she needed favor from the spiritual leader. Yes, my friends, the favor and prayer of spiritual leaders are important as well. Even in the New Testament that we can all go direct to God, but even in the Old Testament, they can all go direct to God and pray, except through the sacrifice of sins, which happens every year by slaying a lamb. But through Christ, the lamb has been slain for all time. No need to repeat the ritual. The Jewish rituals that happen every year, we can come to God but yet, even in the New Testament, the blessings and prayers of spiritual leaders are important. Then Eli blessed her. You see, one general theme of this whole book is how God would raise up the humble and bring down the proud. Listen carefully. In our prayer meetings, we emphasize that that's why we humble ourselves. It is a general rule in Scripture, a rule of God, a law of God from Old to New Testament, that they who exalt themselves, God will put down. But those who bring themselves down, God will lift up. Hannah, Hannah's honor will be lifted up all her life. Why? She not, did not only have children. No, she had one, Samuel, who will be remembered in history. Until today, we remember Samuel as a man of integrity. We remember Samuel, whom God called at night. Samuel, Samuel. And he thought Eli was the one calling. Then Eli said, it's probably God. When you hear it again, respond. Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. Saul was humbled because he lifted himself against God. In fact, it was Samuel who rebuked him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Some of us say, oh, I serve God. I sacrifice my time. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I give to the work of the Lord. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Samuel would be a significant figure in the history of Israel. 
Hannah prayed earnestly in her anguish. She could not bear to be childless. But she was blessed by Eli. God gave her a son whom she dedicated to the Lord for service. You can read further in the context in chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. She would sing. She would write poetry and sing it to the Lord. And she would rejoice in the goodness of God. And because she said, this one will serve you, Lord. So what did she do? She made a commitment to the Lord and fulfilled it. And said to Eli, she, he, Samuel, will serve. How many of you want to serve the Lord? Do you want to serve the Lord? I am sure there are many mothers here, godly mothers, in your heart. You want your son and your daughter to truly serve God. I know deep in your heart, you want your son or daughter to be significant in the kingdom of God. And this is what I say to you. You keep praying and you never stop praying about it. For Hannah did and God heard her. And Hannah fulfilled her word. So the child Samuel, the last of the judges and the first of the prophets was born and offered to the Lord as his servant. Hannah recognized that her child really belonged to God. Friends, fathers and mothers especially, the children do not belong to you. They belong to the Father. They belong to God. And the sooner we realize and pray, not my will, but your will be done, Lord, the better. Why? The moment you try to shape it, manipulate it, control it according to your design, you will have problems always. But when you say, Lord, guide me. Show me what you're doing in my children and make me an instrument, a partner of you, a servant of yours that I may shape them to the person you want them to be. Definitely, Hannah, although it's not recorded, put it in the heart of Samuel to serve the Lord and told the story, you would not be born except for a miracle. God gave us this miracle. You are God's miracle. And I have committed you to serve the Lord. You can put that in the hearts of your children. That God wants all of us to serve Him. He called all of us to, to not just to be saved, but to be His children and His servants at the same time. What does this text mean to us today? Number one, application. Let us be grateful to our mothers. Are you grateful for your mother? Many of, your, of the mothers here have prayed before you were even born. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Many of them prayed so hard before you were even born. And after you were born, many of them never stopped praying for you every day. Until today. A mother's prayer is very powerful. A while ago, I was listening to uh, a Mother's Day sermon from another preacher. And he was giving a story in, in, in the 19th century how this, this man who was shipwrecked, and he was the only one who survived at sea from England to Australia. And then uh, somebody saw him floating 
and then another ship passed by and picked him up. But because it was stormy, that second ship was also <laughs> was broken down by the storm, shipwrecked. And he was floating at sea again. And there was another ship that passed by. I think this happened more than three times until the last ship. The captain said, can you do me a favor? And he said, well, you saved my life. I'll do anything for you. You see, there's this wonderful woman who took a ride with us, but she was very nice to all the crew. She knows all of us. She did many kind things to us, but she's sick. She got sick a few days ago. She may not reach Australia. And I keep hearing her say, Lord, I just want to see my son one more time before I meet you. And uh, she would fall asleep again because she's high with fever. And when she would wake up, somebody would hear her again praying, I just need to see my son one more time. And the captain said, can you pretend to be her son? Because she knows all of us. We can't pretend. She knows us by name. She knows what we look like, but you just came in. Can you pretend to be her son? He said, I can do that. Captain said, I just want her to leave in peace. Because she's holding on, not dying yet. Doesn't want to go yet. Then Peter went down. And when he looked as she turned, he was shocked to see his mother. I said, what a story. And he said, you can look it up. It's documented. You know, when we say documented, it's like we know Jose Rizal was killed by a firing squad because it was documented several times. He said, you can look it up. This is documented. And he cried. And it occurred to him, how come he kept surviving was the prayer of this old woman. I just want to see him again. Prayer is powerful. The prayer of a mother, as we see in this text, is powerful. That's why I'm always happy to see mothers and grandmothers in the prayer meeting. Because your prayers are powerful. Not to discount the prayers of fathers. But men pray for the world. Men pray to change the world, change their societies, change their barangays, improve. They think far and wide. But mothers think by person, this person, that person, that person. So let us be grateful for mothers and mothers who pray especially. Thank you, mom, for praying for us. Nanai, thank you for praying for us. Mothers, I encourage you to continue to pour out your soul to God in prayer. Why? Because we are limited, you are limited. There are things you can't, as your children grow up, as they grow in knowledge, they will have, face their own trials. 
And there are times the best you can do is to pray for them. But aside from praying for them, there's another thing you can do. It's called the word of encouragement. Encouragement. Oh, come on, son. You can do anything. I, I will pray for you. You can do that. And I know you've heard that from your mother already. I kept hearing my mother telling me that I can accomplish many things if I want to. In fact, in the time when I was already relaxed in my life, well, not relaxed in the sense that I believe I've accomplished many things, but I felt satisfied. One time when we were playing golf, she said, why don't you take up another master's? I said, I already have a master's degree. No, take up another one, what you like. So I said, if I'm going to study, I have to study in what I believe is the best school that's near to me. So I chose an expensive school. But I said, I don't have the money for that. Mothers, even though they have full-grown children, still willing to sacrifice. And me, a fully-grown man, she said, I'll be your sponsor. <laughs> you see, if it's just 100000 or less tuition fee, we can handle that. But once it reaches seven digits, it's kind of painful, you know? for a middle-aged man, struggling middle-aged man. No, I was still a young man then. Struggling young man, but by God's grace, she always thought. And I'm forever will be thankful for that simple word of encouragement. You can do it. You can. So mothers, keep encouraging your children. So if they bring their report card with a red, you just say, how colorful, son. <laughs> I believe next semester you can do better, but I believe you can, but this is colorful, okay? But I prefer black. <laughs> you can encourage them. If everybody tells them they can't do anything, if they're bullied in school, their teachers look down on them, Mother, words coming from you are powerful. You can say, if you put your heart into it, you can prove your teachers wrong. If you put your heart into it, you can prove them all wrong. Yes, because remember the image of God. Each one has the image of God. We have untapped potential. And the mother can draw it out with her encouraging words. Son, I always believed you. If everybody else did not believe you, I still believed you. Keep praying and keep encouraging. And number three, mothers and their children should put God at the center of their lives. Why, if we are at the center of God's will, then mothers become godly mothers and children become godly children, which means mothers become mothers according to God's design, and children become children according to God's design. Let us not pretend we know how. The truth is we never know how. Sometimes we need to call somebody. How do you bring down a fever? First time your, your baby had a fever, right? You had to call another mother, and another mother. And a doctor, you see, 
to raise children, we need you, but you also need the community. And that's what we do here in GCF. As we raise the next generation, I thank God I'm not doing it on my own. I have my wife as the mother. But we have other fathers and mothers here encouraging our children. And when I see, every time I see your children, I also encourage them and inspire them to do better. I tell them you can go beyond the limits. The whole camp is about them having confidence. But you need some physicality to make them do what they could not do before. Some of them have not even run before. For some of them, it's the first time they, pre- they, they, they played tayaan. Uh, uh, you, know, you see them running? It was the first game. They were just running. And I could see them already smiling. Nowadays, we don't run in the city. We sit down with our phones and we run vicariously. <laughs> we, we don't really uh, spar physically. We fight using somebody else in the program. I won! I beat them! Yeah, with your fingers, dude. (laughs) So this father said to the son, get some exercise. I am dad. (laughs) That's not exercise. It's about giving them confidence, letting them try. And mothers, inspire them. Don't just... Don't always protect them. Why? If you always fight their fights, they'll never grow strong. And once you go, they're still a baby. I miss my mommy. That's all right. But if they don't have confidence without you, then that is not good. So sometimes when they fall, you clean the wound and you say, Mommy, mommy says, I love you, son but you better go back there. This is nothing, okay? Go back and play. Stop crying and play, okay? Happy Mother's Day. For the young mothers, let me break your misconception of Mother's Day. Some young mothers think, because it's Mother's Day, hopefully my family will do everything for me. They will try and they will fail. You think you'll have one break out of 365 days, one day that you won't do anything. Your children might try. There was one mother who shared, I had to change my perspective. Yes, my children remembered me and they cooked breakfast, but they failed to clean the pan and the dishes. Yes, my husband got me a gift, but he didn't put aside the wrapper and, the, and the everything else. It was still a mess. And at the end, she had to fix everything after Mother's Day. Mother's Day, you will try to have a break. Maybe your children will fail. That's why people eat out, right? So today, I have to dismiss you early if you want to go to the restaurant. Uh, And you don't have to say your hellos and go get out of here. uh, Because the restaurants will be full on Mother's Day. And the restaurant owners, I know, they keep saying, it's in Mother's Day. That's a real peak. Father's Day? No, it's nothing. (laughs) Because in Mother's Day, you try to take her away from the chores and make her enjoy her day. 
and give her what she wants. She wants to go have a pedicure. Let her have it and say, Mom, we won't do anything at home. Promise. Okay? We leave it exactly how we left it. <laughs> so you can take over tomorrow. <laughs> so the mothers began to just appreciate the little things. Okay, they failed to clean the pan. At least they cooked for me. But Mother's Day should not be just one day a year. Mother's Day should be regular, every week, every day. Thank you, God, for the sacrifices of our mother. Mothers are amazing. Mothers are amazing. And I want you to put that in your heart. Thank God. Thank God, thank God, and thank God. Are they perfect? No. Will they irritate you? Definitely guaranteed. Guaranteed. Once this daughter was asking her mother, how did you do it, mom? You know, dad's not always the easy guy to live with. How did you do it? Mom said, I'll tell you my secret. Go open that, that cabinet. She opened, daughter opened the cabinet, bring out that box. In the box were several shoe boxes. And there were gloves knitted by the mother. You see, I learned this from my mother, and hopefully you will learn from this. And said, what is this? Well, there are two gloves there that the daughter saw. Every time I feel like lashing out and nagging your dad, my mother told me, just be quiet and knit something. <laughs> so daughter cried, only two? You got mad at dad only twice? <laughs> mother smiled. And daughter said, what's all this money? It's all the gloves I sold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mothers can pass on lessons to their daughters and even granddaughters for how to deal with people like us, men who are sometimes insensitive and do not understand the world of women. So I encourage the men, understand their world, love them, and cherish them always. Let us all rise and let us pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, thank you for mothers. Thank you for today. I pray for your blessing upon each and everyone here, especially the mothers. And I pray for us children that today and every day, publicly and privately, we can honor our mothers, Lord. How wonderful they are. The difference they made in our lives. Lord, thank you. We glorify you. And Father, forgive us for the times we have neglected, the times we have forgotten, we have become so busy, and not even a simple phone call or thank you. Forgive us, Lord. Teach us to honor her every day and as often as we can. In prayer, teach us to pray for them. And I pray for the mothers. May they never give up praying, for prayer is powerful. May they never give up encouraging their children, no matter what. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you. May blessing, the love, and harmony, may harmony fill your homes today and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Palakpakan natin si Lord.